Good morning, guys, and welcome to episode 85 of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments with me, your host, Richard Beckson. Today, we're going to be talking with Luigi Vivigi. Luigi is actually a banker, the president of Key International Bank in Belize. So it's the first time we've had a banker on the podcast, so this should be very, very interesting. We're going to be discussing about what's happening in the Central American market for also expats, uh, and also about opening bank accounts for expats and financing as well. I know quite a few people here in Costa Rica constantly ask me about that. Um, but his bank, uh, Key International Bank, actually finances up to 50% of the loan value of properties here in Costa Rica as well. So, uh, and typically, I think it's rates between 6 to 11%, which is a little higher than what you'd get in North America. Um, but as I like to say, there's always a cost to, doing, uh, to living in paradise. But, um, so we're going to be talking to him asking him and getting his feedback uh, on the pros and cons of kind of banking in certain jurisdictions, how it works, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Remember, guys, if anyone has any questions or would like to talk directly with us, you can. It's info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. We help people basically make the right investment here in Costa Rica. Uh, you can look online at our reviews and you'll also see that, um, you know, anyone that we end up working with, we're always looking after their best interests uh, and not really kind of pushing them to buy anything. We would really like to get a clear idea idea of what their goals are, uh, whether it's a lifestyle goals or whether it's an investment goal, um, and then really kind of align that behind what they're trying to do. Um, so again, that you can contact us info at investingcostarica.com. Um, uh, but let's get straight into it. Good morning, Luigi. How are you doing? Good and you, mate. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Rich, for having me here. No, it's my pleasure. I mean, it's it's uh, we've had quite a few people from Panama on this, which I think is where you're currently based at the moment. But yep. I know that you're in the world of of, of banking, and um, you know, I'd or, you know, I don't think we've actually had a banker on the um, on the podcast before. So it's an absolute pleasure to have our first one, and also a South African banker that spent quite a bit of time in Panama and Belize. Indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, no, uh, thank you. Uh, it's been, I mean, it's been a crazy two years, Luigi. I mean, I, I don't know how your business has been over the two years, but I mean, what in the world has banking has surprised you? Well, I mean, a number of things, I guess, have surprised me. You know, I guess there's no actual reference point. Um, you know, I can't say anyone actually expected this, you know, so, yep. you know, virtually everything was a surprise going forward. Um, and let me first kind of start by going uh, kind of micro than macro, uh, you know, to explain from, from Keith's perspective in Belize, um, you know, I was quite surprised at how agile um, and how fast we could actually move as a bank. Um, you know, for example, we, we had several year plans for certain things, um, you know, which I think secretly some board members thought would even take longer than that. But, um, you know, because of the pandemic, we were literally implementing in, in weeks, um, you know, if not days. And, you know, from kind of a macro perspective, you know, everyone was concerned, obviously, for their respective businesses. Um, you know, but what happened for offshore banking um, you know, is that a number of people had wanted to actually open a bank account outside of their jurisdiction, uh, but had not like finalized the process. Um, you know, so then largely due to people um, saying that they didn't have the time uh, to really, you know, do the paperwork, but now being under lockdown at home, uh, you know, for in some cases, many months, you know, they now had the time and no excuse to actually make their bank account application, you know, and, and added to that, you know, the pandemic uh, also made people realize that maybe, you know, it was a really good time to get a second home overseas or another residency or passport. You know, that really, you know, sparked the interest in, in banking offshore over the last two years or so. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, can you can you explain just a little bit like what your bank does and how how it could potentially help, you know, basically expats living in Costa Rica or Central America? Yeah, I think... Um, you know, let me first start uh, with giving a bit of a background of Key and how it came into existence. Um, yep. 
Yeah, it first started as a mortgage company in 1996. Um, yep. You know, and then in 2003 became a fully licensed bank. I think what the founders realized quite early on was that you know North Americans were coming to Hamburgers Key Island in increasing numbers, um, and they would come to the island, you know, have several margaritas and fall, you know, absolutely in love with the place. As you one know, does. Yeah, as one does. Margarita madness and. Uh, yeah, you know, they would then call their bank in the USA and ask for financing, you know, on a Belizean condo, uh, you know, which which the American banker would you know, invariably laugh at and say that was a yep. complete no-go. Um, you know, then they would walk into a local, you know, like Belizean bank and ask for a mortgage, which they would then be told, you know, you're not a Belizean citizen or resident, this, you know, you can't yep. be helped at all. You know, and then that's essentially how Key came into existence. Um, you know, we were able to help uh, these people finance their their dream apartment or house in Belize. So, you know, we help expats in the region, not just from like a financing perspective, you know, but for example, you're constructing a, a second home in Central America, you know, and finding it difficult to, you know, facilitate wires for certain payments in the region. So, you know, from say your bank in North America, you know, you could instead then open an account at Key in Belize, uh, which can facilitate your, you know, your international wire payments throughout the region for you. Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty simple to wire money around Central America. I mean, do you guys have difficulty receiving money from North America or is it a pretty simple process when people want to send money? No, quite a, quite a simple process. So we actually have um, two solid correspondent banks in Puerto Rico uh, that utilize a correspondent in Colorado. So many times when people are actually making um, that wire transfer, it's actually a domestic transfer for them. So it doesn't actually leave the confines of oh, wow. the US financial system. Yeah, so it's quite oh, quick I and uh, quite efficient, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about it here. I mean, anyone that's in Central America that's looking for a bank account could open an account with you guys. They could easily transfer funds in and then use, I mean, I'm sure it comes with some form of debit card. Do you guys also do credit cards? A debit card, we're working on a credit card solution. But yeah, you know, think of it like, you know, so the US financial system is like a six-lane highway. You know, it works. You know, money zips in and out. Yep. It, it, it works you know, pretty, pretty well. When those US dollars flow outside of the US financial system, it kind of essentially becomes a gravel road. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's, and so having kind of an international bank that's been doing this for many, many years helps, um, you know, could potentially help your, your business offshore, or if you're trying to construct a home just to make, be able to make those payments without yeah. you know, hassles. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know here in Costa Rica, sometimes it could be a nightmare to receive money. I mean, I've had money sent from the U S to my bank here, you know, and they basically want to know your shoe size. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think once stuff falls under kind of more of a Central American jurisdiction, things are a little bit more lenient. I'm, I'm very aware of that having transferred money between Panama and Costa Rica before. Um, but I mean, you mentioned there about financing. I mean, you, would you look at financing anybody here in that's looking to buy a property here in Costa Rica? What do those terms look like? How much do you like, could you just give us a rough idea of what that looks like? So that anybody that listening here that would be interested could reach out to you. Yeah, no, we, we most certainly do. You know, in fact, Costa Rica is one of our uh, focus countries, you yep. know, along with Belize, Nicaragua, and Panama. Um, so generally, you're looking at a, at a loan to value of 50%, yep. you know, interest rates of anywhere from 6 to 11%. Yep. Um, you know, the bank does have a sister company which is involved in these four countries I just listed. You know, and for yep. those properties, we can offer slightly different uh, LTVs and interest rates, but um, we certainly do. We feel like, you know, besides Belize, you know, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and Panama, we, we understand we have people on the ground that can assess, um, you know, certain land property and be able to tell us exactly, um, you know, what, what, this, um, what this potential, um, you know, financing is for, what it's worth. So. 
Well, I think this is a great option for anybody that's looking because I also I often get asked of, hey, are there any financing options available here in Costa Rica? And you know, from a, I would say from an institution like a bank here directly here in Costa Rica, I think it's very similar to what you were talking about there when, you know, North Americans would come down, have a few margaritas, want to buy a condo, go to a local bank, and the bank would basically be like, no, if you're not a resident or you're a citizen, you can't. And then North America would laugh at you. So I think this is a great option for anyone um, because, again, it's the same in Costa Rica. You know, the bank's are not going to lend to, you know, foreigners that aren't residents or citizens here. But and also sometimes private lending here can be, you know, in excess of 15, 20 percent. So, I mean, while six to 11 may be slightly higher than what rates they're getting in the US. I mean, as I say, there's a cost of paradise, dude. Um, yeah. you know, so uh, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, your wife, your wife works for a law firm in Panama. Um, I mean, yeah. what do, why do you think that people look to, to Panama to open bank accounts and also have corporations down there? Well, you know, I've, I've started to, to notice people becoming a bit more, um, multi-jurisdictional and focused of yep. late. And, and, you know, and what I mean by that is say, um, you know, say someone lives in Canada, uh, they're then incorporating a company in, you know, in Panama with a Belize corporate bank account that's, yep. you know, say in US dollars or euros. You know, so what they've actually done there is kind of an asset protection uh, risk diversification play. You know, in that, for example, say between Panama and Belize, that is now two different jurisdictions, you know, two different legal systems uh, being common in civil law and, and two different languages. Um, so then, you know, you know, due to this person coming from a jurisdiction, like I just mentioned, Canada, um, which uses Canadian dollars, but now he has an account in US dollars or euros. So um, you've kind of split your risk across uh, across a couple of things there. So, um, you know, I believe you've covered this previously in your podcast, but, you know, why people also tend to incorporate companies uh, is if you have a Belizean property, you can place that title in a Panamanian company. So, you know, if someone trips and falls and breaks their leg when they're renting your Airbnb, um, it becomes a much more difficult process for them to attempt um, any legal action against you. Um, you know, also, you know, many people incorporate to hold their property title in a corporation so that if you sell it one day, all they need to do is transfer the shares of the company uh, to the new owner. So, I mean, you know, also touching on your previous question, you know, also financing with us is, is fairly easy in the sense where, you know, obviously you incorporate a company, um, you know, the bank obviously owns the company with the title in it, but you know, once you paid off financing, we transfer the shares to you and, and off you go um, with your property. I mean, that's pretty standard. I mean, I, I love the idea of having a Panama corporation own, you know, a, a property that's not in Panama as well. Um, I think it just, again, as you mentioned, that kind of separates liability a little bit there, especially as you're yeah. using it as a, as, a, as a rental, because, you know, I mean, in the US, people love litigation. I mean, it's a little bit more difficult down here in Central America. It's possible, but you better have a lot of time on your hands. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that it's going to completely, um, you know, of course. if something happens, it's going to completely shield you. It just makes the person essentially coming after you think twice whether they want to, you know, get two sets of lawyers in Belize and Panama, for example, to um, yes. know, start going after you with, you know, two different languages, two different legal systems, et cetera. It's, um, Definitely. It's going to be two very process. different cultures. Two different different cultures and, yeah, and, and you know, two very different ways of, of going through the court system. So, you know, you have to be essentially really motivated at that point to go after that, um, yeah. that individual, yeah. Who has the best beer, Belize or Panama? Oh, they're, they're pretty close. I mean, uh, you know, Belize has Bellican. It's actually a fantastic beer. They've got several, um, you know, all the way to kind of like a Guinness type beer, which is actually really good. 
Um, Panama's Balboa actually reminds yeah. me a lot of um, South Africa's uh, Black Label. Um, they're actually both both pretty uh, pretty good beers. So. Which one's cheaper? I've never been to Belize. If you can believe it, Which, if you can believe would, it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get it out there, dude. Uh, I had to get it out. Yeah, there. no wow. Um, <laughs> I'd say possibly Belize just a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah, yeah, but I mean it's it's not far off because obviously Panama with the US dollars and then Belize with Belize dollars, but it's pegged to the US dollar two to one, so it's not like it's you dealing with pesos or anything with kind of devaluation. Then definitely, yes, yeah, so it's not they're not that far off. I mean, of all the Central American countries, it sounds like you've got quite a bit of experience in them. I mean, what do you which which of the countries do you think has the best opportunity for investors and why? Well, I mean, so, you know, before answering that, so, you know, you've just uh, acknowledged you've never been to Belize. I actually want to say that I have actually been to Costa Rica and um, it, it was actually one of the best experiences of my life. Um, you know, one day I, you know, went uh, white uh, water rafting down the Pacara River. Pacara River, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. it was an unbelievable experience. And then that, you know, that evening I had dinner at like at one of the highest points of San Jose, you know, overlooking the city. It was just an incredible day. It's like something... Uh, yeah, I'd never forget. So I just, you know, wanted to, wanted to also acknowledge, um, you know, being, being to Costa Rica. But, you know, sorry, I digress, you know, from, from, from like an investor perspective, um, you know, I'd, I'd say it all depends on your risk tolerance and, and what you're yep. hoping to achieve. Um, you know, Costa Rica is considered um, one of the most developed countries in the region, you know, with fairly solid infrastructure. So, you know, Belize, for example, is, you know, a relatively new country in the sense where, you know, independence in late 1981 um, you know, and still developing. So when you're still developing, it, it provides many more kind of investor opportunities. Um, and then, you know, like Panama, on the other hand, uh, you know, an entirely different prospect. Um, you know, US dollars as main currency. It has the canal, um, which, you know, a substantial amount of revenue gets generated from. So, you know, that's actually allowed the government to turn Panama City into, you know, into a first world city. So, um, you know, but with this development, that equates to Panama being at a different price point than the other jurisdictions in the region. So it just it really all depends on, um, you know, the investment and, and what the investor hopes to achieve. Um, you know, that will kind of guide them to identify which country in Central America, I think, is, is right for them. So do you spend most of your time in Panama or most of your time in Belize or bouncing between the two? Bounce a little bit, you know, so obviously, like you mentioned, I live in Panama, um, you know, due to my wife being a partner in a law firm here, you know, although I fly to, to Belize fairly often, uh, it actually works out quite well because um, she'll often fly with me. Uh, she loves, lo she loves the island. She really enjoys being out on the boat there and fishing. And uh, we actually met on Ambergiski Island, uh, which is famously known by that Madonna song, La, La Isla Bonita. Yep. Yep. Wow. I mean, let's talk about Panama a little bit. I mean, what do you like and what do you dislike about it? Well, I mean, what I like um, about Panama is, 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 as I mentioned before, you know, the infrastructure and, you know, it's essentially a first world city. Um, Tucumán, yep. uh, which is the main international airport, is, is essentially a hub for the region. And so a lot of international flights in Latin America would fly in and connect through Panama. Uh, you know, so this makes like traveling to other countries a lot easier in the region due to almost always being able to get a direct flight from Tucumán. Um, and, and, you know, so if you're trying to get to, um, you know, Cusco or Lima or Santiago, you know, you're going to head to Panama City first, connect to another flight and then, and then you know, be directed to, to your destination. So that, that's, that's obviously quite a big positive for me. You know, I travel fairly often. And, um, yep. you know, another, another positive, I would say, is, is also the safety of the place. Um, 
you, you know, you'll almost find no petty crime incidents within the confines of the city. Um, you know, I guess another positive is, is the US dollar. Uh, I mean, that brings, yes. you know, it's, it brings stability. Um, you know, but at the same time in saying that to you, like it does essentially lead to a dislike because, you know, often I receive a comment from people that, you know, they were expecting for their US dollars to go a lot further here, but we're quite shocked when, uh, you know, certain items were you know, much, much more expensive here than in, in the USA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the one thing that shocks a lot of people is they're just expecting Central America, you know, I mean, Costa Rica, Panama, Belize, Nicaragua. I mean, Nicaragua is a lot cheaper, of course, um, than probably any of the countries. But, you know, they were expecting, you know, it, it to be cheap. And comparatively to the US, it's not. But I mean, there are certain things that we don't pay for here. Like, we don't have winter, so we don't have heating. You know, I mean, I think, you know, in, in, in Panama, you guys need the AC just because, you know, it's kind of, it's yeah. very hot and humid down there. Here in San Jose, in the city, you know, we're, you know, we're 3,000 feet above sea level here. Yep. You know, it's 65 Fahrenheit at night and 85 during the day all year round. So we don't need AC here. So you don't have that bill. Um, yeah, you know, there's, and there's it, certain trade-offs. Yeah, yeah. I completely understand. Like, you know, obviously in Panama, yes, I just said it's expensive to, with certain items. But then on the other hand, like, you know, getting an Uber black from, yep. you know, the city to the old city. I mean, that's $5 in Milan yep. or Miami. That's 50, um, yep. you know, the, you have the opportunity to have, you know, like maids help at the house that um, yep. cost a fraction of what they would cost, um, you know, stateside so that, you know, they, you just have to weigh up, um, you know, I mean, what, what, what you need essentially. Yeah. It's, it's a great standard of living down here in Costa Rica. Yeah. You know, well, down here in Central America, I mean, I know Panama, yeah. you know, I've spent quite a bit of time down there. Um, and, I, and, you know, Panama City is first world, as you mentioned there. It's got first world restaurants, roads, cars, infrastructure, everything. Um, I always like to refer to it as mini Miami. Yes, no, actually, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic place. I mean, literally any type of food that you want, there's a restaurant, you know, from Mongolian to Vietnamese, you name it, they have it. Um, you know, an hour from Panama City, you've got beautiful beaches. Um, you know, so basically you go an hour left to Coronado or an hour uh, up right to El Valle, um, you know, beautiful mountains. Um, it, it really does have, uh, you know, quite, quite a few things going for it. And then, as you know, as I mentioned, you know, they're kind of blessed with having the Panama Canal, which you know, just generates huge amounts of revenue for the country. So yeah. um, they, they, you know, not too concerned. Like, for example, in other jurisdictions, you break your tail out in your car, you get pulled over, you get fined immediately. There's not really that necessity from, you know, other other departments or institutions to really tax the citizen or to really come yep. after them for small infractions because they are blessed with having um, that huge amount of revenue that comes through a year Definitely. upon year from the, from the canal. Yep. Well, my last question I love to ask everyone, if you inherited $500,000 and had to invest it in business or real estate in Central America, Luigi, what would you do with it and why? <laughs> I, I, I'd go... I'd go real estate. Um, yep. Business um, can be sometimes a bit challenging in the sense where these administrations change and often they change from left to right and right to left. So you, you're not quite sure. Um, you know, it's different to other countries where you, you know, you can get a second term. Yeah, you don't. You get five years and then you're gone type of thing. So yep. it makes it, you know, planning a bit difficult. So for me, I'd say it would likely be real estate. And, you know, in either Belize, Costa Rica, uh, Nicaragua, Panama, and and why I say it is, I'm seeing a, you know a large interest from North Americans in these jurisdictions for property. Um, you know, it's interest driven primarily by 
you know, retirees who are realizing that the retirement that they thought they would receive in, say, the USA or Canada is just no longer obtainable. Um, so instead, they're now looking south to be able to get that retirement that they dreamed of. You know, and so this interest has actually led to you know, quite low amounts of property inventory in these four jurisdictions. You yep. know, so I would say you know, half a million um, in either purchasing, say, an apartment or a home, um, or half a million you know, investing in a development in these four countries, you know, I believe would be quite a, a solid investment. You know, for example, on Burgess Key Island in Belize, you know, just in the last five years, I've seen you know, certain developments have had their apartments, their condos, and even home valuations double, you know, if not triple in price from what they um, originally bought them at. No, no, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, I don't think we've seen, I've seen that craziness in some areas of Costa Rica, um, not so much kind of all over the country, but especially in the Northern sure. Guanacaste area, Nosada and Santa Teresa have just gone insane, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, but Luigi, this has been great. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I'm going to put all of your details uh, in the description down below. Uh, so I think anybody that wants to reach out to you guys at the bank uh, or you personally, I'll, I'll leave the details sure. there. And I really, really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast, sir. Oh, fantastic. No, thanks, Rich. Thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, look forward to uh, welcoming you down to Panama and actually Belize for the first time. That'd be fantastic to uh, to have you over there. Yeah, I've got to get up there. I, I, I think I owe my wife a trip anyway. I've been working like a madman, so I'll, I'll take her up to Belize. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, second um, second largest barrier reef in the world. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, a lot to see and do, jungles, you know, snorkeling, you name it. So there's a lot wow. of things to see and do. Yeah. Sounds beautiful. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rich. Bye. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that podcast there with uh, Luigi uh, from Key International Bank there in Belize. Uh, as I mentioned, I think it's a great opportunity for anyone that's looking to get financing here in Costa Rica or any property in Central America. Remember, all of his contact details are there below. Um, but Key International Bank, that's actually C-A-Y International Bank in Belize. Um, but yeah, we've got some uh, interesting future uh people coming on the podcast, guys, I'm going to kind of refocus a little bit, I would say kind of getting some realtors um, and getting some, uh, you know, some people that are living here in Costa Rica to really get their feedback on the podcast also about kind of like, you know, living here in Costa Rica, um, what to buy, what not to buy, you know, what they like about it, what the shocks were, etc, cetera, etc, cetera. just as I know, quite a few people uh, are looking to relocate here in Costa Rica as well. And if there are any people or any topics you'd like me to kind of cover in the future coming um, podcast, you can reach out to me info at investingcostarica.com uh, that's info at investingcostarica.com till next time guys i appreciate you uh, listening to the podcast if you liked it please give us a, a good review um, and spread the word thanks very much